welcome to the 53rd roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, paid media and especially my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media or cutting your spend on your data analysis tool or training or any kind of consultancy uh, work around paid search, do send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this episode, we have Amalia Fowler lead us in a very, uh, very interesting topic on common questions or issues clients or bosses bring up and how to handle them. And gosh, I'm sure there was plenty of questions and advices about this. So yeah, let's get straight into it. So going with question one, Amalia asks, what do you do when a client or boss says, why can't I see my ads anywhere? So yeah, let's get um, into answers for that. We've got Steve Hammer going, I've actually built out some canned, canned responses and this is one of those. Google smart and doesn't want you to click on your own ads. We have a preview tool, tool that eliminates that bias. However, no ads gets 100% of impressions. Hmm. Good answer. Um, Julia Vash replies, I usually have everyone Google something generic together on their phones. It's risky, but it shows how personalized everything is. And I use this as a way to discuss budgets, bids and expectations. Uh, Papa Leland um, answers, this question, luckily it's not as prevalent anymore, but I think it's a symptom of a bigger issue. Clients either don't trust the strategy or have um result issues need to communicate more about strategy and results shift their focus my then answers i tell my clients that there are multiple factors that affect where their ads are especially if they're using used to running tv or ads um tv or radio ads it's important to have an education component to the discussion with resources to back up why they can't see um that um that aren't just me steve gibson goes it depends on why the client isn't seeing his ads uh mark gustafson goes i would say are you going to buy the product or service if not that's why this is going to be an annoying topic i'm going to get angry yeah this is going to be um a conversation that gets people riled up i am sure and then we've got Steve Hammer replying saying, also allows me to show you the effectiveness of your ads. Here's the dashboard and data on how many conversions we've gotten and how much it's cost. See, your ads are not only showing, they're working. So yeah, it's all about directing and diverting the conversation. Um, I definitely believe. Um, Nathan Kelly replies, because we blocked your IP address because you kept searching for your ads every day. That's another thing that I actually put as an audit to make sure that um, clients don't do that. So, yeah, definitely a good answer to that. Um, Rob um, Einone replies to question one, says, um, check their daily budget. Often it may have run out. Also remind them not to search for their own targeted keywords too much. I would actually be hurting their CTR. So yeah, that's definitely another good answer. Julie Bicini goes, I agree on the personalization angle. I have done the, uh, the everyone search for this now exercise too. Generally, though, try to shift the focus to showing them that people we need to see the ads are seeing them, i.e. the results. So yeah, diverse in the conversation. 
Jennifer Lashley replies, I usually look at what they search and try to explain that there's a lot of possibilities that serves differ per person for per 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 person per search from working in-house the last two years the answer i'd give the most is google doesn't want you to click your own ads and then we've got malia going on to question two saying when a client wants to connect every week or every day to discuss results and or make changes how do you handle that well yes i have had this experience where a client wanted daily catch-ups about the accounts that was one of the most straight most frustrating accounts i was on and i'm very glad that my contract was um i was contracting then so it was very good short-term one week notice yes i'm out of there because i cannot handle this stress and i really feel do not feel like handle this stress um michael fleming then goes reference the sow this is in there right um steve hammer replies get this one a fair bit i've actually written the cadence of normal convos into the contracts and i let them know that extra meetings are billable time i actually like talking to clients but they usually like the work we're providing more um rob ionin replies to question two says um need to give changes time to take effect let's talk in a month um julie Piccini replies determine why they want that frequent of communication and secondly gently remind them that that is out of the scope of the contract and would cost extra i also explained that ppc has longer horizon than day or week so talking too frequently focuses on totally wrong things yeah just literally trying to micromanage the work is what really what we saw it wasn't actually talking about performance most of the time and in fact we never really talked about performance because obviously there's never going to be a oh yesterday we did this today happened this happened it's, it wasn't really going to work well that way. So Stephanie Ernie then replies to question two saying, depends on if they let me know before or after the quote, but preferably, preferably I charge it on forehand. If not included, I inform them about time it takes me on top of their hours and that we're going to have to charge it. Nathan Kelly goes, never had to meet daily at that point. They may need in-house. Meeting weekly makes sense if the spend is high enough, but you need to manage expectations on the meetings and result time. Um, um, Julia, Julia Vice replies, in the enterprise world, this is a fairly usual request. I like to add that as an option in terms of how much my retainer costs. Then during the kickoff meeting, I take them through the different documents and reports that are live and available anytime. Um, Kirk Williams replies to question two say we bring up two primary things one we're an agency partner who can remain specialized because we work with a variety of other clients so a realistic communication cadence is an important um, is important part of our partnership continuing and two typically there's a level of over optimization to avoid it's unhelpful and can be dangerous to an account to constantly be checking and tweaking things especially with reporting and purchase time lags you're not literally looking at the correct data okay then and so yeah we've got some scott right reply to question two saying i often would explain that a 24-hour window isn't enough to judge results on it never is and it's not results that they're looking at if you are going to be having daily conversation, um, if it persists, then quite honestly, I tell them that daily calls will hinder the amount of time I am able to spend on the account. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Amalia replying to question two as well, going similarly to everyone else, including these things in statement of work is important. And on the contract, having a way for clients to check on progress dashboards without contacting you is important, as is charging 
for your time. So yes, make that as part of a contract and just yeah, let them know how much it'll cost um, extra time. And um, yeah, always um, have something available for them to see on a regular basis, even, you know, so that they don't feel like they need to have you on the call on a on, on such often a time. And so going on to question three, Amalia asks, the data in um in said platform facebook doesn't match the data on my analytics or custom dashboard why so yes when there's mismatch even um of data between the platform and what they've seen in analytics how do we explain that so um kicking us off with an answer is um a rob who says that you can explain some differences um easily by attributing um time zones Others, you can explain the nuance in what each platform defines as a session, at which point their eyes start glazing over and they accept the difference. Um, Steve Hammer replies to question three, going, um, it's actually Facebook. I tell them it's because they're greedy with attribution. But more broadly, every platform is slightly different in its method. We believe that the records should be in the most unbiased system. Nothing is perfect. So yes, that's definitely about um, explaining that. Data is different, you know, especially analytics might will probably dedupe. Different platforms don't necessarily always dedupe the um the um the conversions and so our double can be double counting conversions that actually um what you call it should be attributed to another channel. So we should always be wary of that. So Amalia then replies saying, depending on the client and their level of understanding, I'll either explain how pages load and how JavaScript fires, or I'll explain high level how the different platforms track differently. So yes, basically what I was just saying. And um, if they're using a custom platform, I'll push to I'll push to switch to not that. Um, and then Julia Vice replies, oh God, this question is the worst. Each platform has its own data and they don't share, which makes it really tricky. So yes, everybody's got to remember that every platform, not a lot of platforms actually integrates with the other. In fact, I don't know if any of any platform that really integrates with another. So, um, well, you know, too well for you to be able to see, um, correlating data. So yeah, definitely, um, that would be hard to actually show how the data is the same. And Amalia actually gives a fair point here going, quite honestly, the most important thing is to be consistent in comparing data. It's never going to be a perfect environment where everything lines up platform to platform. And yeah, that's a really good summary answer for all the other answers that will be given for this question. And then going on to question four, um, and yeah, here's another question from a client. I don't want to bid on our brand name. It's a waste of money. Oh, how many times have I heard that before? Um, one of our clients thinks that their SEO is so great. It's actually not that great and feel like they should not be bidding on brand. Boy, are they wrong. But hey, it's their money. Um, so yeah, so to answer that question, we've got um, Timothy Jansen going, if I can show them that any competitor is bidding on their brand name, that usually resolves the question quickly. Yes, that's a very good way to resolve that. Um, your competitors want to bid on your brand. Don't you want to cost them more money to do that? Yep, that's another good one. And Pamela Lund, cool, let's test for a month. So yeah, for me, those are the two main ones actually yeah if your competitors especially are bidding on your brand you definitely want to be bidding on your brand so that you can help yeah 
increase those costs for them and definitely um yeah if they you can actually prove in a test that it actually is uplifting performance why don't you want to get those extra leads or get that extra revenue so that's always one way to get some um, the client win the client over and then we've got Nathan Kelly replying to question four saying, if you're in a competitive field, you have you can have four ads show above your organic listing. Your organic listing can be below the fold. Do you want potential client to see four offers before they find you? That's a very good answer to that because with all the site links and extensions, yeah, your competitors could have, you know, very big ads before they actually get to yours um and then yeah we've got um steve hammer replying to question two saying truth be told there are two use cases for brand bidding competitors and directing someone to an optimized landing page there are times that it actually is a waste so yes that's why i say testing is important josh b replies to question four saying it's not a waste of money to have 100 percent control of your ad copy messaging and get cheap clicks to your website um, Julia Vice replies to question four saying auction insights help here, as does the fact that Amazon and Walmart can outbid everyone on everything. If you want people to hear you exist, invest in your own brand. Very good advice. <clears throat> and we've got Julia Bicini replying to question four saying, so you're writing off mobile traffic then, are you? Cool. Serious answer. I had to take up a lot um, up a lot of screen real estate these days protect your hard-earned branded searches um, and then our last um, answer i'll give for this question is um, rob saying that when bidding on your own brand you get to determine what your customers see and where they go once they click if not google gets to determine that yes giving control to google of where people go to when they do a brand shirt search is not a good thing and then going on to question five we've got amalia going i want to run video but i have no video and you do video right or i want to run this video sends you awful video you would never ever you <laughs> run i actually think that question that answer is in that question as well because yes just tell them that we will never ever run that because the quality that they're trying to give us is very bad um so yeah so julia vice replies this is a really hard one yes i do video but you need collateral for this to work scott wright replies um i'd be lying to you if i told you i was an expert that's why i partner with xyz and the second example i will try to show examples of adverts that work to discourage them however if the client is persistent then a small budget test um and then we've got timothy jensen replying to question five going i believe google has some sort of program where you can get videos created or edited if you commit to spending a certain amount on youtube not sure of all the details so yes that's kind of thing. That's another just giving control to Google about how your videos are created. Not sure would, I'd want to do that. Amala replies to question five saying, I struggle with this one. I always want to be like, remember those commercials on TV we all make fun of? Yeah, that. <laughs> but I hold my tongue. If it's the first, I tell them I'm happy to help them source a vendor for a video, but we don't make it if it's the second. Um, I let them know the issue I foresee with running their video but move forward, but move forward with it anyways if they insist and just hope the data backs me up 
honestly, sometimes it doesn't and that's okay too. So yes, even though we don't like something, there might be people out there who do like it and that's what we always have to consider, you know, you know, good video, bad video is very subjective, isn't it? Um, and so, yeah, we've got Julie Bettini replying to question five saying, think of video as your pre-landing page. Um, everything we use has to be designed to advance sales or leads. If it is not engaging or right for the market, you're targeting, don't bother. Mike Gustafson replies to question five saying, Corey Hank has a sick video creating outline to show them. Um, sorry, has a sick video creative outline to show them. Honestly, you can have them do raw video, which performs well. If you want high production, do you want to manage that project? That project, find a contractor and market up or help point client to someone. Um, and then we've got Timothy Jensen replies, point to question five, continue his previous answer and say, I would emphasize the need to put thought into quality creative when testing video. Wouldn't want them to write off video advertising altogether because the creative was junk so yeah video does work it just it, it's important to um it's, it's important to stress the need for it to be a good quality one matt valencourt replies to question five saying need to flesh out if the client is really prepared to invest in quality videos um or just throwing spaghetti at the wall what sort of investment are you prepared to make on videos long term um, so yeah, we've got Mali then going to question six saying when a client disagrees and insists on running something you don't want to do because it doesn't align with your best practices, what do you do? What scripts do you use and how do you protect yourself from the results? I think it's all about getting things in writing. That's something that I'm, I really love about, um, that is, well, it's not just about the current company I've been in, you know, the, all the, when working with clients and digital agencies and, um, they, they, it's important that everything is in written, everything is agreed by an email and people, the client agrees for things to happen, to things to go ahead. It's something I'm really trying to impart on my team that, look, the client can turn around and say that they want their money back if we do not have things in writing that they agreed on. And yes, they will try to do that. So um, getting to an answer to question six. So we've got Julia Vice replying saying, this is a tough one. First, explain clearly why their wishes and your advices don't align. Document everything. Yes, as I said, make sure everything is agreed on on an email or you've all your proposal of what you've dis, you've said should be how things should go ahead um, is in an email that they've seen. Um, and then Julia continues, then identify the budgets for the activity and agree on KPIs, document everything at that point, determine what you want to do. So yeah, it's definitely also important to say that, yeah, you know, because some people want amazing KPI for activity that is not really great, that doesn't go against best practice. So it's very important that we go back to them as to what the realistic result is going to be, you know, what the not so great looking results is going to look like so that they do not jump at you when, you know, those negative results start actually um, coming into fruition. Scott Clark then replies to question six saying, add ill-advised to the end of all campaign and ad group names, LOL, and make sure you CC the world on your written recommendation in opposition. Yes, exactly. 
It's all about documenting things here, guys. Julie Piccini replies to question 16. Always put your recommendations in writing. You have requested that we implement X. We do not recommend implementing X and state reasons why. State that you will implement X at their insistence and layout first, reporting date and spend and duration if you can. And actually what the what the um, expected results um you know, you, you you intend to see so that what your targets are are not something totally absolutely ridiculous. Um, we've got Scott Clark then continues saying that set metrics thresholds below which you will not keep it running. This appeases the client wanting to try it and you for having standards. Um, and then we've got um, yeah. Mark Gustafson replied to question six saying, I'm going to take the client's side a little here. We need to be open to non-best practices. We need them to know though that we will run it, but we cannot guarantee the same results we go for, for we go for in the SOW. I'll take the money, but the results are on their head. And they've got Stephanie Arne replying to question six saying, tell them why I think that it will not work, but I am happy to test it for them in an A-B test with something I think does work. In the end, it is their call and I tell them we may not reach the goal we've set together and keep them updated about performance. Um, and so, yeah, we've got, um, that's all um, Amalia's questions today. So six very interesting questions, loads of interesting answers and very practical, practical, you know, um, advices and, and, um, you know, very practical and ac actionable, actually, advices um, that you can use as to well, how to answer things, questions around, you know, how often to report, how, what kind of things to to recommend um, and, and, and how to make sure you're keeping your standards high, um, but also, you know, appeasing the client because it's the client and it's their money and it's important that, you know, we spend it the way they want to spend it. So yeah, I hope you found that um, conversation um, very useful and um, yeah, please do um, read more of the answers um, if you'd like to. I mean, but mainly all the answers I gave pretty much summarize what everybody was giving, you know, was going to say. So I didn't want to repeat myself too much this time. I hope you find that summary um, much better, you know, trying to cut it to a nice 20 minutes, you know, snapshot of the amazing ideas that have been giving today. So hope you found this useful and took some great takeaways. And if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solution, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.